This Radio Days Africa audio amplified podcast is brought to you by the Wits Radio Academy. For more content and information, click to radiodaysafrica.co.za. This is Radio Days Africa 2021. Audio Amplified. Download the Radio Days Africa app. Search Radio Days Africa in your app store. Welcome to the third session of Radio Days Africa 2021, Audio Amplified. Today's session is backed by popular demand, and we'd like to thank you for your ongoing support. 2021 sees the 12th edition of Radio Days Africa, and this is the second year that we're engaging practitioners in a virtual environment. With South Africa now on day 466 of lockdown, we hope that wherever you're joining us from, you're staying home and you're staying safe. My name is Tim Zunkel, and I'm an audio ambassador and a lover of all things radio. And for the next 60 minutes, we'll be giving you tips on how to amplify your audio and better to connect with audiences. The session is entitled, Ask the Program Manager, and we welcome any of your questions. You can reach us on the South African number, plus 27795280000, or in the chat feature in your Zoom app. If you're on social media, use the hashtag RDA2021. Our handles are at Radio Days Africa. Before I introduce the program managers, I'd like to thank the following organizations and companies for their support this year. The Conrad Audenhauer Stiftung Media Program, Sub-Saharan Africa, who've been a long-term partner and sponsor of Radio Days Africa. Without their support and their love of radio, this conference would not be possible. We've also received valuable support from the National Association of Broadcasters, Media Heads 360, Wise Buddha Jingles, the US Embassy in Pretoria, RCS Software, Iono FM, Samro, and Podnews.net. Right, let's get this air check going. Joining me today from Cape Town, Naveen Singh, who's the program manager of Smile 90.4 FM. In Nairobi, Kenya, Linda Oriasa joins us as the program controller for Radio Maisha. And lastly, in uh, Khabarga, uh, Masikola Mdingani joins us from the SABC regional offices as the program manager of Uklobo Weneni. Good morning, everyone, and thanks very much for your time. Morning, Tim. Thank you for enjoying having us. Uh, Linda, I'm going to kick off directly with you, and I'm going to ask you if you could give us a brief overview of the radio landscape in Kenya at the moment, and specifically uh, the commercial inputs in Nairobi. Well, thank you very much, Tim, and good morning. Uh, With regard to the radio landscape in Kenya right now, uh, we have over 100 licensed radio stations and growing, and I'm sure that does not capture every radio station that we have, but we have quite a number. And um, amongst the top radio stations, like amongst the top 10, five of the top ones broadcast uh, exclusively, in Swahili, and uh, we, I think uh, the first English radio station comes in at number six when it comes to audience ratings. So Swahili is very popular with the local populace with regard to radio, after which we have several stations that broadcast uh, in the vernacular, which also happen to be very popular because they target the masses, although it's quite niche because it's uh, they broadcast in specific languages. Commercially, radio has done pretty well right now. Uh, even um, uh, even in, in the season of COVID, I think uh, initially last year, uh, revenues dropped completely for all media houses, not only radio, for all media outlets, and I believe for all businesses. But for right now, how things are going, even uh, the, the revenue generation has gone up and uh, I really things are moving on well. With regard to talent, when it comes to the landscape, uh, as we continue to, talent actually is attracted to who the highest bidder is. So sometimes it is quite difficult for uh, radios to attract good, good talent, especially if you're not willing to spend the highest. Uh, 
the power of vernacular audio, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. There are 100 million Swahili speakers uh, in Africa. So I'm very keen to talk a little bit about uh, vernacular radio and the power thereof. Uh, Naveen, Cape Town is a very interesting market. Um, you're one of three or four commercial radio stations uh, operating out of the City Bowl. Uh, in your opinion, what does the South African landscape look like at the moment? Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Cape Town, I think there's, there's a couple of things to, to bear in mind, specifically in the Cape Town market, which has a, a unique edge against other markets. And the fact, yes, for uh, commercial radio stations, for a small market in, in essence, but a lot of commo- uh, community radio as well, and by virtue of the number of campuses here, when campuses were running strongly, we had a lot of uh, community uh, campus radio stations as well. South African radio, uh, look, I think it's been, uh, we just had some BRC interim results that came out recently. What's been really encouraging to see specifically in the Western Cape, uh, time spent listening in on radio has gone up over the, over the pandemic. And uh, I think a lot of us had that as a gut feel, but uh, you know, you, until something independent came out to reinforce it, uh, we weren't you know, that convinced. And now coming to, you know, to see that uh, people still need uh, validation from uh, traditional broadcasting and radio perspective. Also, the brands that are strong, you know, so there's a lot of, lot of opportunity uh, for radio in this market still. Messi, you're with the public broadcast in South Africa, um, and you've recently moved from the youth station True FM uh, to one of the largest broadcasters um, in our landscape, broadcasting in Isiklosa. Uh, your opinion on the radio landscape uh, in South Africa at the moment, with specific regard a to the SABC and to language stations? All right. So, Tim, I, I, I think with uh, specifics to the different languages that we serve as the SABC, we still play quite a crucial role in making sure that um, um, all our audiences are well informed in the in the languages that they um, they understand. Um, with the SABC having about eighteen radio stations, and um, some of those being the biggest, with which is the biggest, Ukozi FM and Umshaboyden FM. So um, it's it's it still is going strong with a market share of about seventy um, percent, and um, radio being the widely um, um, consumed medium in South Africa. So um, in, in a nutshell, the SABC is doing quite well in terms of reaching those audiences in the most of remote areas um, in South Africa. Right. I want to get into some programming questions. Uh, I spent a few years as a program manager. Um, I always say it was a great case study because every radio station that I worked at, we managed to lose audience um, and lose revenue. So I was a prime example of a really terrible program manager. And then I became a consultant. Naveen, as program managers and, and program controllers, what are we currently doing wrong? What? Uh, probably everything. Um, I, th- I think one of the biggest challenges we've had, and, and COVID's taught me a, a, a thing or two, is that, you know, we we get so bogged down in the, the running of a station and chasing up all the paperwork and reporting and chasing this and chasing that, we forget to listen to our radio stations. And uh, over the COVID, the pandemic period, one of the things I spent a lot of time doing was just, once again, just listening to what we're doing. And of course, what's happening in the market and how are we relating to that market? Are we remaining relevant? Are we doing something clever or not? I think one of the biggest challenges is as programmers, we get caught up in the business of radio. We forget that uh, actually our business is what comes out of the speakers and obviously now in digital. I think I can mirror and echo exactly what you're saying, Naveen. How often do you trying to get hold of a program manager then an exco meeting a manco meeting an operations meeting uh, linda you're busy shaking your head i'm assuming that the landscape in kenya is is very similar program managers don't spend enough time with the actual product yeah yes tim because we are very um we are so busy running the station with regard to business meeting clients creating concepts attending mancos and excos and uh, writing reports that we actually have um, kind of separated ourselves from the talent and from the product uh, when we're supposed to be in the business of conceptualizing content and really renewing and let me just say reinventing ourselves so that we grow even as our audience also is growing and changing. 
So we are so busy with uh, the business part of radio and uh, maybe to some extent, sometimes we neglect uh, observing our audiences, looking at how they change, what is becoming relevant to them, and even neglecting um, uh, talent development and even re reinventing the content. Because of the I suppose time. as program managers, we always understand we've got two customers. One is the audience and the other one is the advertiser. Massey, Linda touched on something and I'd like to bring it to you. She's talking a little bit about uh, talent development. Um, you're a relatively young program manager working at a really big radio station. How important is your talent to you? And what are you doing from a developmental perspective in order to make sure you've got the next layer of talent um, when you need them? All right. So I, I think this is uh, an area that we um, we almost neglect as program managers in bigger stations. And um, I think more than anything, you need to make sure that your succession plan is in place should anything happen. Um, should any uh, presenter leave. But um, I, I'd like, before I, I could just reflect on what I am planning on doing on Umklobo Enene, um, I'd like to take back to what um, we've been doing on True FM, where we had a campaign um, each year where we look for talent um, all over the Eastern Cape. And um, that sort of... Um, running auditions and um, that sort of uh, gives you an idea of the kind of talent that is in there and you can then um, have a talent pool should anything happen um, or should you need people to fill up any vacant slots then you can go back there but um, at the same time you make sure that you've got quite a number quite a nice mix of um, young and more experienced um, talent. Um, or perhaps on the weekend, you would have more um, younger talent um, whom you'll be training for, for the future. And that's more or less the same concept that um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be planning on uh, um, perhaps introducing on a, on a bigger station like, um, like the one that I'm with right now. I hear what you're saying, Mess. Um, it is concerning, though. Or it, I think it's concerning from a, a landscape perspective in terms of talent that the SABC on many of their radio stations are running automated programming uh, overnight. So that was generally graveyard programming was a great place to put young talent uh, and to let sure. them grow in those spaces. Uh, and, you know, the, I think the other thing, uh, Naveen, I'd, I'd like to come to you is, I mean, we've seen this before, talent uh, talent roadshows, presenter searches, True FM's just come out of one. Uh, your former station in KZN, East Coast Radio has just done another one. As program managers, are we doing enough to develop talent in this country? Um, I think it's a yes and no question because, I mean, it's, a, you know, it's, it's the one thing we need, talent. Without that, you know, we can scream and, and, and sweat blood in our offices and to make our radio stations better. But without good talent, you're never going to get there. I think there's been a couple of challenges here, Tim. Uh, I think number one is, uh, and let's be blunt and obvious about it, um, uh, radio is not as sexy and that there's a phrase that's been thrown around for the last 10 years as it used to be. It's easy now for people to be talented on TikTok and on, on, on social media. And, uh, and we, you know, we've played in that arena and said, this guy's got a huge following on YouTube. He's got a great following on Twitter. Uh, he's quite opinionated. We should give him the best opportunity to come to air. And then we start to realize, actually, he's not a radio person. Uh, but I think radio is changing in, in its no, it needs to start to migrate to bring in the talents of the future. I'm an old buddy in this. Of when I see the youngsters uh, with Linda and, and Marcy on this group, uh, you're the only one that has as much gray hair as I do. So, you know, we, we're kind of being it from an old school perspective. And we now need to start re-engineering our thinking around what makes radio work going into this uh, better half of the 2020s and into the 2030s. Because, and that requires a little bit more kind of introspection from our part. You know, we've, we've been very much brought up and conditioned in, in a particular style of radio that got us uh, that magical love and got it under our skin and made the bug that it is. But it needs to, to move a little bit more forward. You know, you're now looking at talent that have uh, a following, that have an ability to create talent, uh, create content, that have an ability to come up with great ideas and then use those ideas on different platforms. 
And that's something that is quite unique in, in the arena that we're working in. So the, the need of talent is not just, you know, someone has a great voice, you know, the, the perfect adage, great face for radio, like all we all have. But we need a bit more now. We need them to be able to tell stories. We need them to be highly informed, uh, be in a situation that they can react to things in different platforms that the radio stations now have. I think that's where the big, big challenge in, in talent and talent coordination is coming through. You mentioned earlier, Naveen, that you spent lockdown consuming some of your radio station and understanding the product. Uh, as a modern-day program manager, do you spend as much time on social media, on TikTok, uh, looking at people and content to, un- to try and understand how that integrates with your final product? Horrible question to me because the answer is no. Uh, I find if I get caught up in social media, it changes my mood as to what my audience is reflecting because I can't guarantee what I'm reading on social media is what is actually happening in the market. And I, I sometimes find myself in angst because of some of the debates that are going on uh, on, on different social medias and, and, and some of the comments. And uh, so I, I kind of steer clear because I, I you need to have a, a feel of the market. And yes, and, and they are exposed to the market. I buy that. But um if, if I'm going to just kind of continue that debate or that mood, and specifically with the pandemic, it was very obvious. There was, very, there was a lot of angst in the market. And if we continued showing that angst on our radio station, I think that would have been detrimental to us. It was more important for us at that stage to be comforting, um, being able to listen, uh, almost consoling, uh, you know, to, to get that mood across was more important for me as a, uh, as, as a radio station then fueling a fire of what's going happening and why is, you know, everything so anti kind of establishment at that stage. We'll take all your questions. If you would like to send us a WhatsApp voice note on the South African dialing code plus two seven seven nine five two eight double zero double zero. And Linda, you've got uh, a rich history as a broadcaster. You spent time in the newsroom. Uh, you've been on national radio in Kenya uh, and your personal Facebook page has over 30,000 people who've liked you. As a program controller now, um, working with talent, how important is that social media element for you as someone choosing uh, talent to come and join your radio station? Well, that's a very good question because uh, I know previously what we have done sometimes is uh, we have seen people who have such influence and following on social media and tried to bring them on board, believing that uh, those numbers would translate into audiences. And our experience has been that that has failed, one. Actually, it is better for somebody to start on air and then build their influence and profile uh, on social media as opposed to the other way around. So social media is good, but uh, social media is not reality. So yes, that's the truth. And even the subjects that are discussed on social media do not necessarily have to be the subjects that we discussed on radio because there is also somebody else setting that agenda on social media. So the, what we discuss or our content in radio can actually be what is driving the discussions on social media as opposed to uh, the radio content creators or, or content developers uh, taking social media discussions and thinking that that is what is at the heartbeat of what your audiences care about. So yes, I believe social media is important. I believe that is another platform where we can actually distribute our content, but uh, social media uh, is not reality. And the numbers there really, um, I don't think they translate for radio. We get our Messi, audiences speak- in radio for us. Thank you. Thanks, Linda. Massey, you spent eight years in campus radio. Uh, you spent some time at the SABC in Johannesburg at 5FM, recently as the program manager of TrueFM and Nardo Global. When young people approach you, which I know they do uh, probably daily in your inbox, what's the kind of feedback that you're giving young talent seeking on their jobs? Um, it's, it's, it, it, it also depends um, how they approach you and what it is that they're looking for. Um, but uh, generally, I would then say, what is it that you would like to do? Um, so I encourage them to spot the gaps 
in the different radio stations um, and uh, be honest with themselves um, that um, are you suitable for the for the type of um, one show that you would like to do um, the the kind of role that you that you want to do because usually I get um, inbox to say that people being um, desperate to get jobs. But my question is, what is it exactly that you want to do? Um, not necessarily to say that people must specialize, but um, it's good to have an idea of what it is that you've done and what it is that um, you want to do. So if you don't have any any sort of experience, um, in the meantime, knowing very well that perhaps in my stations I, I don't have um, vacancies, I would um, suggest that they go to community radio stations where I think um, a lot of us get um, exposed to quite a lot um, of experience and just build that profile up. And once that is there um, and they are able to stand out from, from, from the crowd, then they can come back and, um, and approach the station. But um, again, um, you're constantly working on that personality. This is the third session of Radio Days Africa 2021, Audio Amplified. Uh, Massim Ghana joins us from a club with Neni in Kabarka in uh, South Africa. Lydia Oriaso is the program controller for Radio Maisha as part of the Standard Media Group in Kenya. And Naveen Singh is the program manager of Smile 9.4 FM in Cape Town. Naveen, um, one of my favorite stories as being an ex-breakfast presenter on a national radio station for four years is that I never received one single air check in four years. We must have done uh, six, seven hundred shows and we didn't get feedback once. Talk to me a little bit about the air checks that you do with your team. Um, you know, air checking is, is, is actually such a vital uh, role. And, I, and you know, earlier on, we, we kind of intimated that we don't get enough time uh, to listen to our radio stations. And, you know, I try and take a, a, a day out in a month and, and not every time it happens. So, you know, where we actually just sit and listen to our radio station, actually sit and listen to breakfast as it happens. Write down what's happening, uh, both from a content perspective, from a music perspective, from... Uh, all the messages that are coming across, are we meeting the, are we meeting the goals we've set for ourselves? And then, and then on a daily basis, I meet with my breakfast show and kind of just understand the. Well, I, I kind of know from uh, from a day to day basis what they're going to be talking about, why they're talking about it, and then just to, because it's kind of hard, you know, when you specifically, as you would know, when you're dealing with breakfast shows, uh, there's a fair amount you can't you can't hammer them. Because they need to, you know, lift themselves up and come back next day and and deliver again. So it's important to say, you know, what I found this a little bit challenging today. I wasn't quite sure if you made your point here. It felt a little bit weak. How do we fix that? And it's it's possibly more and more becoming a collaborative air check as opposed to I know it all. Uh, it's about guys. I I heard this. And I, what, what was your point here? Uh, what were you trying to get across? And they'd say, oh, well, I was trying to say this. And you go, well. I didn't get it. And if I didn't get it, what are the chances your listeners got it? So let's just think about that a little bit more carefully. Uh, it, we, we, we can't do it again tomorrow. You know, that's the amazing thing about radio. Every day is a brand new day. And uh, allowing them a little bit of leeway. I think the, 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 the style of, of radio management, specifically of talent, who, who we need to protect, because as we said earlier, there's not enough of them around. We need to say, okay, how do we build on them? And um, my, my philosophy has always been, uh, I want to work, I want to create stars. Uh, you know, the, the, the more stars I have on my radio station, the easier my job becomes. I can go out and play golf. Uh, you know, uh, but, you know, it does require the work to, to guide them consistently, make sure. And then some days I'll give them two or three days just to figure out if, they, if they're getting the, the gist of it, where we wouldn't have meetings about the show. And then every now and then I just come back and say, hey, Let's just think about this again. I don't think we, we're getting this right. We've got, to, we've got to fix this. And I think that's the approach. Massey, it's incredibly disheartening if you're the talent. And I know it happens. Um, you know, Naveen alluded to the fact that we spend a lot of time in, in meetings, uh, doing the, the programming or the business part of programming. Um, but you have an air check schedule with your breakfast show at nine or quarter past nine. And at half past nine, they send you a WhatsApp to say, where are you? It happens far too often. As a program manager, how do you make the time to make sure you get to see your talent? 
you sort of have to because that's that's the most important part of of your job actually and uh, personally that's the, that's the um, responsibility that I like the most. So you sort of have to plan your time around that. So what I usually do is I would have a schedule that um, every Wednesday or every second Wednesday or whatever the, the, the scheduling is, um, I know that I'll be meeting so-and-so. So we've got a standard time and whatever um, meetings or deadlines that come up, um, you will then schedule around that. But at the same time, if you're not able to do that, um, I tend to delegate quite a lot because I now work with um, senior producers. Those people are the kind of people that would act in your in your in your absence. So if you're really not able um, to to attend to those meetings, then you can have someone um, standing in for you, and the team would then get used to that kind of an arrangement um, because then they know that um, there's some there are people that um, you work with. Um, it sort of also gives them um, quite a lot of responsibility and training them. Uh, for future should you not be there uh, for a longer period of time. It sounds like an incredible balancing act, Mass, um, and probably one of the, the most challenging parts. Uh, Linda, when you're working with your on-air teams, um, what are the kinds of things that you're doing in your air checks uh, to make sure that every day the team is doing a little bit better than they did the day before? Well, um, in fact, uh, sometimes it happens that the most seasoned presenters don't require as much uh, air checking as the newbies. But for the breakfast team, uh, air checking is almost a must every day. But uh, sometimes our post-show meetings don't necessarily have to involve us listening to the entire show or maybe a snippet of the show, because uh, I make sure I listen to the entire show every day. So we can just refer back to what was happening, every activity in the show, what I pick out, and we discuss it. And in the event, uh, like uh, my colleague said, that I cannot uh, meet them at the end of the show, we can actually have a call afterward and uh, just discuss the highlights of the show, what went right, what did not work, and what we plan on doing the next day. And what I tell my team is once we have feedback something and discussed it, Let's not have to talk about it again uh, the next day. Otherwise, then that's stagnation. We're talking about the same thing every day. So that's how we measure that really the feedback is working and there's growth within the team. I suppose one of the balancing acts uh, when working with talent is the concept of ego and self-esteem. So a lot of our really big talents um, have got huge egos, but very often they battle with self-esteem. And it's in the air check, you've got to balance giving them a good slapping when they need it versus giving them as much support um, that they need when the ego is feeling bruised because we didn't get the entries to competitions that we thought or someone else did something that we think uh, was potentially a little bit better than us. Uh, we've got some really good questions coming in in the chat box. Um, please do keep them coming through uh, and we're going to get to them just after half past uh, in the session, ask the program manager. You can also drop us a voice note on the South African dialing code plus two seven seven nine five two eight double zero double zero. Naveen, we've got a question coming in from Sianda Fikilepi, who's the program manager of 5FM in Johannesburg. He wants to know, how as program managers do we stay on the, the, the front of the content curve? Um, I think the reality is that a lot of our audience are seeing things that our presenters are seeing. So how do we make sure that we are still delivering new and fresh uh, and we're not uh, yesterday's news? Um, I think it's, it's, it's about probably your position on it. Uh, I think, you know, it, it's, it's the angle you take. I think, you know, if everybody's going on a, on a particular wicket, Italy versus Spain tonight in the Euros, let's take something a bit more universal. Uh, everyone, I, I mean, I'm positioning it as this is the ultimate, this should have been the final. It just didn't turn out that way. But it's about everybody can talk about it, but how do we, you know, where's where's the angle that you can come up from saying, you know, I, I mean, I'm just watching a, a bit of it. I find Immobile from uh, from Italy a little bit too immobile on the field, uh, just to use his name in, in, in a pun. But um, but it, it's it's 
it's your angle on things. I mean, I mean, we, we, you know, everything is, there's an old adage that said everything already, everything's been created. It's about how you take it to the next level. I mean, yes, if people are making, the memes are a phenomenal example of what one simple thing, I lost my app had, can make it the biggest thing in the country for those couple of days. You've got to piggyback on that. You've got to find an, an angle to get into it. How do you reflect that? It doesn't need to go, oh, we need to have a whole call in on this. Let's open it up to the to the listeners and then spend an hour on it. It could be a simple example of just reflecting it, acknowledging it, uh, giving the best caption that you've heard or what you found the funniest and moving on. I think I think we, we kind of get caught up in that content needs to be a long-winded piece of information. TikTok told us that's wrong. Let's be honest. Because that in 20 seconds, I can have more laughs more often than anything else. And I just saw something actually today that TikTok is now extending to three minutes. And I thought, mm, it's going to make it hard to go through a lot of TikTok videos going forward. Absolutely. It's a good point, Naveen. Content doesn't always have to be hugely scripted and hugely planned. It just has to be relevant for the moment. I think if we have a look at what happened to our friend Jessica on the Namibian public broadcaster, it was a prime example of something that on our teams could almost have done immediately. Um, and there were so many angles around it. Um, so Jessica, are you there? Uh, we've got a good question, Massey, and I want to send it to you. And if there are any uh, programmers out there, you need to get hold of this guy. His name is uh, King Solomon Ngubeni and is an incredibly talented young man. He wants to find out, uh, would you choose average talent and top-class content, or would you take average content and top-class talent? That's <laughs> that's an interesting one. Um, I, I, I think we need to balance um, both. You need people that are going to be able to deliver content in a way or in a manner in which your listeners are going to believe it, um, they are going to find it relatable, and they, depending on what on what that content is. So, if, for instance, for the first time you're saying there is COVID nineteen and people need to do A, B, C, D, you need people who are, um, or you need talent who is going to be believable. Um, you need talent that is going to be respected um, within their community. So it's quite a difficult for, for uh, difficult one for me. So I'm leaning towards um, um, one talent that is um, that is quite respected in their in, in 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 their community, and also someone who's able to execute content in a way that um, that 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 will resonate with the with the listener. Thanks, Messi. I often refer to this thing on radio is the magic we're looking for. And it, it's very hard to pin down what the magic is, but there's a lot of radio skills, which you can train. You can train someone to drive the desk. You can train them to do better timekeeping, but you can't train them to connect on a level when it's a natural thing. You can't train someone to have that intuition and that understanding. And it's, it's when you see them, it, it, Naveen made a thing earlier. It, it, it's this intuition there's an intuition about finding the right talent. And we're going to talk about finding talent um, in a little while. Uh, Linda, a question for you from Makozi Koza from uh, Gagazi FM in KZN. He wants to find out about balancing lineups uh, and having a lot of the sameness or, or much of the same and the radio maverick. When you choose a lineup, do you go and look for some mavericks? People are kicking down the door uh, and making a scene all over the show. Or do you try and have uh, a lot of the same? I think, I think for your lineup, you need to have a variety depending on which talent you're going to uh, place a position in which time slot. The Mavericks are good because they um, catch attention for you and uh, they push the envelope also uh, for you. But also just having uh, people who are um, conventional uh, radio presenters, at least uh, depending on which show you are recruiting for, I think uh, I, I would like to have a variety personally, so that we have shows where I have Mavericks who also can, can push the envelope and uh, I mean, yeah, a variety. Naveen, is the problem with a radio Maverick not that exact concept? They think they're a radio Maverick, but they're actually just an ego problem. You want to tell them that? Uh, look, I haven't, I haven't hired talent in the last five or six years. But my experience is sometimes 
and, and maybe it, it, it's with some really young guys who don't have experience and with some of these really old broadcasters who think they know it all. Like they walk in and they own the space and when we did this and we can do this and they don't listen. They just don't listen. I agree. And I, and I, it, it, you know, it's, it's uh, being a program manager, as I'm sure all of us on this panel will agree and probably those in the audience as well will agree. It's not an easy job. It's, I mean, you're dealing with egos and then you're trying to boost some people. And then you, you, you know, to, to Linda's point, you've got to have a balance and you, you want to create some of these guys who can actually push the envelope a little bit more. And you actually, actually getting to a stage where you almost forcefully pushing them uh, to say, come on, get out there, find that next angle. You know, we, we see the greatness in you. We now need to hear it. Uh, and, 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 and some guys kind of just command it. Um, but I, I, I think I think one of the things that we, we kind of miss out on, and and you know earlier on they spoke about uh, preparation and what works, um, you know whether it's content, whether it's the talent. I think it's a combination of the two. But there's a very important third part, which is preparation. You know I think it. it I know every program manager goes, oh, did you prep? Did you prep? But it's about your preparation. You know you cannot in this day and age copy paste from the internet. You cannot do that. If you're still doing that, please stop. It's it's just I can read I can read what I want if I if you copy pasting from the internet. Bring me something that, that you know. Bring me something else. Think about what you're talking to. Understand your audience, and and deliver something that actually engages it. That's what we're looking for. And I think that's it. Your audience can find it on the internet. So yeah, sure. Use it as a thought starter. Um, but that's not the thing. What's the thing? And Naveen also made a really interesting point uh, earlier, and I just want to touch on that again. He said, being a program manager is not easy. And I think sometimes talent forget that program managers are under immense pressure. Not only are you working with the ego of talent, but very often you're working with the ego of management. So as a program manager, you've got a station manager who's got an equally big ego as your breakfast DJ asking you to do a bunch of things. And program managers are trying to find this delicate balance between keeping management happy and protecting talent and getting talent into the right space to avoid them having to speak with management. Because the last thing that is a program manager that, in my opinion, you'd want is that your breakfast DJ is in the station manager's office. When, that, when that's happened, you're going to have a clash of the egos and it makes it really difficult for program managers to pick up the pieces um, after that. Uh, we're in the middle of Ask the Program Manager. We're taking your voice notes. We've got a lot of questions coming up uh, in the chat box uh, as well. Please do keep them coming on. Uh, we've got a question from uh, Lebohang, who works as the station manager for Mateo FM in Mangahung. He wants to find out, uh, Massey, and I'm going to send this question your way. Uh, with the lack of research, especially for community radio stations, um, how do you know you're doing a good job as a program manager? That's um that's that's quite a difficult one, particularly on a on a on a on a community radio level. Um, even so, for us as um as in in mainstream um bigger stations, to, to, so to say. However, there's quite a lot of things that you also need um that are in your disposal um to sort of check. And um, uh, I'll just use social media as one of the examples. Um, you look at the at the at the feedback. And at the feedback that you, your listeners are giving you uh, based on the topic, um, based on, let's say um, it's the 1st of April and you're announcing your lineup and um, you look at the kind of feedback that you will be getting um, from that and sort of gauge um, where, the, where the conversation is, is going with that. So um, yes, there's the, there's the formal approach, there's the formal um, research that we all need to do, but in the absence of that, you need to be creative in how you do that. Um, you need to also look at um, what is in your disposal, and social me media gives us quite um, quite um, quite a number of that. Um, same as with um, let's say with the competitions that you are running on air. Um, you look at uh, the number of responses that you've you've gotten or the feedback that people are, are getting. And you need to have a thick skin because some of them will be coming for you or they'll be praising you for, for what you're doing. So um, you, you, I think you, you sort of need to follow that. I sometimes go through our, our social media page and some of the other independent um, groups that are on Facebook 
or what some people are saying on on other social media to sort of find the 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 mood and 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 take it from there we're going to be taking questions from young talent. Joining us in the session today is Naveen Singh, the program manager of Smile 90.4 FM in Cape Town. Uh, Linda Oriasa joins us from Nairobi, Kenya. She's the program controller for Radio Maasha. And uh, Massim Ngani is the program manager of Okluba Weneni uh, in the Eastern Cape here in South Africa. Uh, let's take some voice notes and get some answers from our panelists. Good morning. Um, it's Tabisa uh, Paul from Bumalanda. Um, I just wanted to know that of recent, I've noticed that um, all PBS have uh, started to automate from midnight. Now, looking at our radio landscape in South Africa, do you think that um, that's a good move? Hi, this is Jim Solomon from uh, Boston Media House, uh, the Santin campus. I just wanted to know what guarantees growth of listeners. Is it average content delivered by an amazing talent or an amazing talent? Uh, or subpar talent delivering amazing content, just between the two. Right. The first question, Messi, um, about PBS radio and the automation um, of time slots. Naveen, I'm going to give it to you because uh, you're outside of, of the PBS mandate. Um, but, I mean, Smile must also automate from time to time. Yes, we do. Uh, look, it's a, it's a, it's a tough call. I mean, even when I worked uh, in in radio stations, I did you know that were bigger. We you know it, it it's a cost benefit analysis. I mean, and then you've got to deal with you know one of the things people forget about uh, program managers, budgeting and accounting is is part of what we do. You know, we go and sit with the finance manager and and work out you know rands and cents and and make it all work uh, for the radio station. So you know, and I, I get it. It's it's a tough call. But I, I buy into the concept that we should be giving, and I've been a big, big proponent of this for, for many a year of, you know, the more people you have on air, the better the opportunity is for uh, staff uh, of, of developing talent. But the point that's been made to me on a number of occasions when I've, when I've uh, motivated for such is how much time are you going to spend developing their talent? Are you just fitting somebody in there, telling them to shut up and play the music so that you can have that segment of your radio station live for that moment? Is, is it becoming a, uh, a nice to have? Is it, is it a vanity project or is it really doing something? We tried in the past and I've done this a couple of times at a couple of radio stations where um, we, we take the 10, to, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. show, the 12 midnight to 3 a.m. show and say, guys, I want you to do a breakfast show. I actually want you to run a breakfast show as a breakfast show would happen or a drive time show. Uh, and see if we get anything from that. But but then there's a, a challenge from the presenters because they're not getting that feedback that is so expected when you throw out a question and like nobody comes back and that that's reality in uh, overnight radio. Uh, so the, so there are challenges. Uh, I, I do, I, I feel for people because there's an opportunity there that we probably are missing out on, but there's there's a reality of, and, 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 and we know the, str the struggles and challenges that the SABC faces so you know do we you know i think they've also had to, to tighten their belts thanks naveen um ishmael abraham says how do you know the program manager is doing a good job when your talent's getting poached by another radio station um well then ishmael i don't think i did such a bad job uh, after all uh, linda when you choose a lineup um and you're, you're putting it all together and you're looking for fresh talent What's the kind of stuff that you're looking for? You know, so like I refer to it as the magic. What's your magic? What's the thing you're choosing a new lineup uh, in your marketplace in Nairobi for your national station? What's the magic? What's that thing? Well, one, um, uh, first as, as Radio Mesha, uh, we, I think we subscribe to this method of developing talent from within. That's number one. So during the autumn, what would normally automate, we have placed talent there. That is where we develop our talent. But if I am picking fresh talent, usually number one, we scout <laughs> because this is a top radio station in Kenya. So we have to scout what is already out there in the market uh, from existing radio stations. 
So how we scout, we listen to other radio stations. And we will see already from what is in the market, does this person have ratings? Does this person have influence? Uh, is this person more than just a radio presenter? How is he engaging with his audiences beyond the studio, beyond social media, and even to have activities on ground? You see, um, we look for very rarely, very rarely do we take in new talent that has not been developed in the market. The new ones we, we take, we put in the incubation uh, program that we have where we develop talent. Otherwise, for all my time slots, I would take somebody who I would only need to train uh, on house style as opposed to start from the basics of how to be a radio presenter. Thanks, Linda. I'm going to make a statement. I think it's more than a question. I don't think as program managers on the continent, we're doing enough for talent development. Um, the reality is in a position that I'm in, and I know program managers speak to each other. We're often calling each other saying, I'm looking for X, Y, or Z. It's because X, Y, or Z is not currently in your stable. But as a program manager, you should have known, maybe potentially you should have needed X, Y, or Z down the line. Uh, let's talk a little bit about demos. Um, I think one of the most interesting demos I ever received was um, I got a, a, a delivery, a pizza delivery. And when I opened the box, there was a pizza, but there was a demo on top of it. And, and that always stands out as one way to break through. Naveen, you yourself must receive uh, hundreds of demos. Um, is the demo dead or is there still value in it? I never got a pizza. I'd like to put that out there. <laughs> and I'm not averse to having pizza. I'd like to put that out there as well. No, but you know, uh, so I, I'm, I'm, uh, I still listen to some of the demos that come my way because I, I, I'm, 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 I'm still looking for great talent, you know, uh, and and I, it's a standing joke in my presenters' meetings when I say, you know, I, I don't know if the next person is going to get hit by a bus or not, um, you know, and and we need to have some sort of depth in things, and uh, and I know for a fact here at Small ninety point four FM, I don't have the depth I'd like, uh, and it's something that I've I've got to continuously work towards. So I do listen to demos. I might not reply to them, uh, and that might be a good thing uh, for some guys. Uh, but generally, if I do like something, I, I have a little fold on my on my inbox that allows me to just stick it in there. And when I start to say, you know what, I need I need to have a listen, another listen, because I, I'm looking for this kind of talent. And let's have another listen to some of the guys that I've saved. So I, I you know, and I, purely because I don't reply to anyone, and then suddenly they get an email from me from seven months prior to them, and then I find out they've moved to another station. I go, damn it, found out too late. Uh, but you know, it, it, I think that I don't think the demo is dead, and I think it's uh, because if we are, if we keep claiming that uh, we need talent and we are hunting for talent, if they're sending you stuff and you're saying it, it, we don't want it, then I think we 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 shooting ourselves in the bloody foot. Uh, we we need to be, we've got to be accessible. We've got to find opportunities to see what's out there because we don't have, we, we don't have the scout. I mean, I use you quite often as my scout. Let's be honest, Tim. I've called you a number of times saying, Hey, I need this. Can you help? Uh, you know, we, it's, it, it, in a way it is like international football. You need scouts out there to say, here's five or six great people that are working in certain environments that you're not exposed to. I mean, you know, Linda might have four or five people in Kenya that will be phenomenal in South Africa, but we are not exposed to them or they don't want to leave and that's okay. Or, and, 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 you know, the vice versa might also be true. So uh, simple answer, send the demos. Annoy the program manager. Uh, what Naveen fails to mention is that he doesn't pay. Or in fact, I don't think he's ever paid like an international talent scout in football, but that's fine. Uh, when I was working at 5FM, Messi was uh, a music compiler, and from time to time I'd hand him demos and I'd say, Mess, do something with this. Uh, listen to it and, and give them feedback. Uh, Messi, what kind of feedback are you giving people that are sending in demos? I think um, I, I saw one of the messages before I answer your, your, your question, uh, Tim, and it's asking why is it that we don't respond to, 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 to demos? And um, yes, I why? think the question, the question, the question is, 
Uh, the answer to that is we don't respond to all of them, um, but at least I do. When I when I like someone, I would say, okay, cool. I hear where you're going. Try and fix here. Try and fix there. Try and fix there. And um, w one of the things that I look for is, um, and okay, one of the mistakes that guys make is they will take um, something that they do on on their on their station and send it to as many radio stations as they possibly can. And that might be problematic um, because the stations don't sound the same, but you'd have to overlook that and understand perhaps people don't have the resources to record new demos and whatnot. But what I always say is that, um, one, you need to stand out because when I listen and I like what I hear, I always go to your social media and find you. And if then that persona is not the same, then I'm just like, hmm, I, are you are you are you are you genuinely the person that you are reflecting on your on your demo? But um, the the general feedback that I always give people is um, um, you 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 sort of have to make a demo that suits that particular station. Um, very few people can be versatile and work for PCS or PBS or um, top forty radio station and 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 so and so on. But um, you need to be specific about what it is that you are doing. Um, the kind of a show, the content has to fit the kind of vibe and mood um, that you are projecting or is is, is expected on 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 that um, particular show. Linda, but my experience. We don't respond to everyone. We don't have the time. <laughs> if it makes anyone feel better, Massey never responds to my emails either. Linda, uh, in my experience in, in the South African market, um, there's a tendency for young talent to want to broadcast in English. The, the reality is in an African context and on our continent, um, English is probably not the home language of 90%. We know that there are 100 million Swahili speakers. Do you find in Kenya that that's also a problem? People are wanting to broadcast in English when the real opportunity actually lies in vernacular. Well, um, I don't think it's because people want to broadcast in English. It's just because, uh, well, most people are not uh, fluent in those people who seek to be radio presenters. Probably the, the first language is English currently, as it is in Kenya. But we have the consumers who a majority of which speak either the national language Swahili or uh, vernacular. So um, I, I guess uh, because the young presenters have not interacted well either with Swahili, the aspiring presenters have not interacted well with Swahili or with the vernacular languages. That is what creates the challenge. But I believe right now it is pretty uh, widely known in Kenya that um, the most popular radio stations are those that broadcast in Swahili. And uh, the, some of the biggest radio presenters are those who do vernacular radio stations. So I guess it's just because people interact more with English, especially people in the urban areas. As a good program manager, I've obviously been watching the clock in the session, and we've got seven minutes before news. Um, I was almost tempted to say the top of the hour, but I saw Naveen's face. Naveen, um, new talent, you've got an opportunity to give them three tips. What, what is one tip that you'd give anyone who's trying to break into the business? Um, be yourself. Pizza. Yeah, be yourself. Be original. Uh, and it doesn't mean I, I'm. 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 I, I, maybe I just. Uh, I know you asked for one thing, but I just want to elaborate on what I mean by that, because I think a lot of people. Uh, it, I grew up in an in an area or arena or era that uh, there were a lot of big names on radio, and we all tried to emulate them. And uh, I remember one program manager telling me, he said, you know. I don't know why you're sounding like X, Y, and Z because I've already got X, Y, and Z. What can you bring to me? And that always stuck, you know, stuck with me both as an on-air talent and then as a program manager is that I need something that's original and unique that you bring to the radio station that I can work with. Because I think too many people are trying to sound uh, too bougie for themselves, too cool for themselves. It's not their natural, uh, it's not them themselves. Give me something, give me an observation. And I always, for one thing, if people ask me, 
can you send me a template as to what I should do in a demo? And I always say, I send back one thing. I said, give me a two minute talk content where you tell me about one of your experiences. Just give me, and I want two minutes of talk. It's easier said than done because that requires preparation. That gives me a lot. So prepare, send your demo to what you think is what, the, what that radio station's about. Uh, and, and I think be original, be unique. That's 19. The African, the African narrative is often around storytelling. How, is, how important is being able to tell a story to you as a program controller? Wow, being a storyteller is one of the most important things. Being able to script, being able to storytell, creates um, like a mental theater for your listener is one of the most important things as a radio presenter. And also it helps in you, uh, your style of delivery. It helps you bring out the authenticity that Navini is talking about. Yeah, because... Um, that is the most important thing. If you're a radio presenter, you need to be able to create those mental pictures, uh, to be a good narrator, and just be a good storyteller. Thank you. I'd like to tie that into something that Naveen said, uh, and it's for all young talent out there. I often under say, understand the value of 60 seconds. So go and stand in front of a mirror and look at yourself in silence for 60 seconds, and you'll realize how long 60 seconds is. And then tell yourself the story of your day in 60 seconds and see how far you get. And the more you practice that, the, the, the more you realize the economy of words and how powerful that can be. Massey, if you were to give uh, advice to some young talent, what's that one piece of advice to 18-year-old uh, self trying to get a radio job? Um, we're not looking for the next um, Gareth Cliff or Bonang or um, Mo Flavor. We're looking for the next you. So you need to find your unique selling um, proposition. What is it that you can offer to spot the spot the gaps? Because you then it, it will show me that you have done your research and say, but you don't have a chat show on Unklabwenene. This is what I can do for you. Um, and also find someone who's going to to give you constructive criticism, um, get a mentor. Even we also have to do that. I, I, have, I have different people that I go to and, and ask for advice. And um, as young talent, you also need to do that, have a thick skin and be able to take that constructive criticism and, um, and, um, and, and improve your, your craft. And same people. Naveen, when, <laughs> when, as a, when as an aspiring radio talent, when do you give up? I mean, there's people that have been sending demos for five years. When do you tell them it's enough? Is, is it really enough? I, I mean, it's an interesting question. I, I, uh, I remember, and it is a personal story. I mean, when, when, when I... Uh, so, I, after Varsity, I went and decided I wanted to get into radio. And I gave myself one year uh, to get into radio. And it either, it, I, I think you've got to put a personal goal to what you want to do and how hard are you prepared to work to get that. So I thought one year was enough time to try and get into radio. And fortunately, as history shows, I, it, it kind of worked for me, but it probably doesn't work for everyone. But I think everybody needs to give it and then give it a good bash. You know, sending out one demo, as uh, Massey says as well, one demo to 37 radio stations does not do you any justice. Uh, think about who you're sending to. Ad address it to that person. Don't send me a 5FM um, uh, demo or a Metro demo. Uh, I don't work there, so I can't do much with that. Uh, you know, know who you're sending to. Actually do some bloody work, I think is a simple thing. Because if you're showing me uh, kind of your, your work ethic in sending me a demo, uh, and that's poor, you figure it out. Linda, uh, what's the one challenge as a program controller that you're facing today? Oh, well, one is, uh, if I have to speak, stick to one, uh, the biggest one is uh, talent poaching. That is such a big challenge. You develop your talent, you give them an opportunity, you build them, and then somebody comes with the, the highest price and then you have to start over 
that process. And I think it discourages me from picking the newbies and developing them uh, because I'm almost tempted to also just do the same. Yes. Messi, the last question for you. What's the one thing that excites you about being a program manager in your space? I think from today, I'm looking forward to getting pizza. <laughs> but um, it, it's, it's, it's about... Um, you know, it's about imparting knowledge. It's about um, changing the landscape, changing people's perspective and and um, contributing to a society that is well-informed um, and also being able to give um, uh, people an opportunity to, one, be to do what it is that they really like and giving feedback and guidance for them to grow. That's that's one of the um, things that I, I, I enjoy the most about being a program manager. It's been an absolute pleasure engaging with you in Radio Days Africa 2021, Audio Amplified. The session was Ask the Program Manager. It was backed by popular demand. And if you look at the Q&A today, you can see exactly why. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank my guests from Nairobi, Kenya, Linda Oriaso, who's the Program Controller of Radio Myasha um, in uh, the Eastern Cape. From the SABC, uh, Massim Dengana, who's the program manager of Ukhloba Weneni. Uh, and from Cape Town, Naveen Singh is the program manager of Smile 90.4. Thank you so much for your time today. I'd also like to thank our sponsors, the Conrad Audenhauer Stiftung, uh, the Sub-Saharan Media Program, for their amazing support, uh, as well as all our other sponsors, uh, RCS, uh, Iono FM, we also have Media Heads 360, the National Association of Broadcasters, the U.S. Embassy in Pretoria, Wise Buddha Jingles, the South African Music Rights Organization, as well as podnews.net. This afternoon at 2 o'clock, join Prof. Franz Kruger as he speaks to Nada Wachella from the SABC about the current radio landscape, post section 189. My name's Tim Zunkel. This has been Radio Days Africa, and thank you for your support. That was a Radio Days Africa audio amplified podcast brought to you by the Vitz Radio Academy. For more information and podcasts, click to radiodaysafrica.co.za.